Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. City News. It's 17.30 GMT. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. I am Umaru Sanda Amadu here tonight with... Eno Safo. And coming up over the next 90 minutes, MPP MP stage walkout moments before a crucial vote of censure was started in the chamber of Ken Ufriata. We'll touch base with the NDC side to understand what the purpose of this exercise, which appears to be an exercise in futility, would be. Also coming up, more groups kick against government debt exchange program. The number now stands at 12. Listen to the latest group to join. So whilst we disagree with the debt exchange program because government failed, number one, to consult key stakeholders like organized labor, we are totally opposed to any debt restructuring program that will impact on workers' pensions and individual life savings. We'll be hearing from the groups and tell you who and who are kicking against the government policy. And later on Eyewitness News, we take you to Asantiman Point, the Ashanti region, where residents there are kicking against a plan to mine in their community and their traditional area. Also, the NDC goes to the polls this weekend. On point blank, our guest is the incumbent women organizer of the NDC who is seeking to retain that position, but who is being challenged to same. Stay with 97.3 CTF and more on this and many other stories on Eyewitness News. And in business... Ghana Revenue Authority arrests heads of five querying companies for non-issuance of VAT. That's in 15 minutes with Michael Ogbodu of the City Business Desk. Eyewitness News is live across Ghana on a number of affiliate stations and across the globe on City 973. That's a Facebook uh, page. Uh, we are around Ghana on a number of affiliates, including Premier 100.5 FM in Takradi, Beach 105.5 FM also in Takradi, and Sky Power 93.5 FM also in Takradi. In the Bono region, we're on Greener 95.9 FM in Sunyani. In the Ashanti region, on Orange 107.9 FM in Kumasi. Eastern region, we're on Wright 90.1 FM in Somanya. Volta, we're on Holy 98.5 FM in Aplau. Northern, we're on Dasuma 99.1 FM in Yendi, if you go to the Upper East region, we are on Word 88.3 FM in Zwarungu and Bugli Radio 88.6 FM in Wa. You can also send a message using 0549-986-996 as a WhatsApp number or put a comment under the Facebook post uh, under which you're watching this show. A vote of censure was brought against Ken Oforiata, the Minister of Finance, by the minority side in Parliament. It was opposed by the majority the motion was admitted and a committee, a bipartisan eight-member committee, was set up which had two chairs. The committee has done its work. A report has been brought before the House. It is up to the House to debate. The debate has happened. At the conclusion of the debate, there was supposed to be voting. Per the law, two-thirds of the members of Parliament have to vote yes to have the minister Senger, that's Ken of Riata. Now, after the submissions of Oseche Mesabonso, the majority leader and minister for parliamentary affairs, he announced that they were washing their hands off the issue 
like Pontius Pilate did. And so did they do by walking out and leaving the NDC side alone in the chamber. So what is happening now? Names are being called. Listen. So that's uh, the clerk of parliament calling out names of MPs in alphabetical order using their surnames and inviting them to come and cast their secret ballots. The MPP side has staged a walkout. So it is left only with the Speaker Abambagbin in the chair, the Electoral Commission officials who are conducting the process, the clerks at table who are sitting there, and the side to the left of the Speaker, that's the minority NDC MPs, and that's what is happening. So they're being called individually to go Kaziabala. Let's go to the House of Parliament, the press gallery. Charles Comey is perched there, has been watching all day long what has been happening as our parliamentary correspondent. Charles, you're welcome to eyewitness news i've tried to give a summary to our listeners what has been happening but you have been sitting through it all how has the day been well sander it's been an interesting day um parliament ordinarily would have begun sitting at about 10 p.m but today interestingly we went to more than 12 12 noon and parliament had not begun sitting yet and when the speaker came in um, so, like, in the other paper, there are other things, other motions in there. But he said that they were going to go straight to item number 21, which was the motion to move for the adoption of the committee's report. And when he did that, the debate began, um, some from the minority side, the um, AG, Attorney General, was there to make legal arguments on behalf of the finance minister. And then came the time when the majority leader spoke. After the majority leader spoke, we also what happened. The majority side walked out. It's, it's not like it's been a surprise to those of us in the press gallery. Well, we picked up reports from yesterday that they were not going to participate in the vote. The form it took is what was quite a bit surprising because we thought that they were going to sit in the chamber and not partake in the voting exercise. But we didn't expect them to completely walk out because obviously this does not look good on the majority side. The pictures on television, um, because this is being carried live around the country, it does not look good on them. So we thought that they would sit in and not participate. We also know that the NPP had earlier giving a warning to its members in the in, in parliament not to partake in the voting exercise. But we've been told that they couldn't take the risk because this is secret um, secret ballot. And if they are in the chamber, any of the members, when they are called upon, could just, anything could happen. They could just go in and vote. Meanwhile, there are, you, some people are raising constitutional arguments because now, for voting to happen on the floor of parliament, there must be at least half of MPs um, available. Half of 275 MPs is 137.5, and you, there is no 0.5 human. So 138 MPs 
the minority MPs now are 136 without that equation. So we don't know why this voting exercise is ongoing now. And some people have begun raising these constitutional arguments if it's legal for the voting to happen. Okay, so the view is that there shouldn't even be voting at all because there isn't quorum? Because there, yes, because half of the MPs are not currently available in the chamber. These MPP MPs who staged the walkout, have you been seeing them around or they've completely left the precincts of the chamber? So they've, they've, they've actually left the precincts of the chamber. They tried organizing a press conference, but um, most of the pressmen were focused on what's happening in the chamber. So that press conference did not happen. Um, most of them have left, just a few of them um, walking around. I see. So the voting is ongoing regardless. Yes, voting, voting is actually ongoing. So um, you're called by name and then you go and vote. They are called the majority MPs. No one is available. The minority MPs are voting um, as and when their names are called. And the so, speaker? Um, the speaker, uh, he, he was sitting in the seat where before I walked out to make this call. Um, I don't know if he's still in the seat at the moment. Well, I see him from the TV screens. He's still there. Thank you so much, Charles. Okay. Please uh, follow the process for us and let us know what happens. And that's our parliamentary correspondent, uh, Charles Kumi. Now, the debate was a very legal one uh, that happened or that transpired today. Kenoforianta himself was in the chamber to speak in his own defense. Not all. I mean, that's not all. He came with the foremost lawyer in Ghana, the Attorney General. Godfrey Yeboah Daming, who also spoke in his favor, which is not a usual thing. Of course, ministers can come into the chamber and engage in debates. They cannot vote. And that's what they did. So the Honorable Attorney General and the Honorable Minister of Finance were both in the chamber to defend the Finance Minister, Ken Ofriata. Let's first hear the Attorney General, Godfrey Yeboah Daming. He raised some legal issues. In a matter of importance, I followed the proceedings of that whole committee, and it was with great alarm and dismay that I heard a co-chair of the whole committee describe the committee's work as a political process or a constitutional political process and not a quasi-judicial process. Indeed, the co-chair, Dr. Dominic Aini, honorable member for the Bogatanga, indicated Bogatanga Central, thank you very much, indicated that the exercise undertaken by the committee and approach was not a quasi-judicial process and that it was engaged in what I describe as an amorphous constitutional political process. Well, Mr. Speaker, the ruling made by you on 10th November was so clear that a committee will be constituted under Sunday Order 201 and it will be guided by Standing Order 106. And Mr. Speaker, a perusal of Standing Order 106 leaves one in no doubt that all the processes set out under the Standing Order constitute the work of the committee into nothing by quasi-judicial. And Mr. Speaker, I hold the view that it is actually in respect, it is actually in view of the misapprehension by the committee or by the co-chair of the nature of work that the committee was tasked with that certain fundamental rights of the Honorable Minister for Finance 
were grossly violated. Uh, speaker, I refer to the request by the Minister for Finance for a production of documents that he required in order to enable himself, in order to assist the defence of, of, of himself. I also refer to the request for full particulars by the Minister in order to assist in an efficient defence of his matter. The Speaker, the committee noted at page 5 of its report that in a letter dated 15 November 2022, the Honourable Minister requested full particulars to the facts and support of each of the allegations and the relevant documents or evidence in support of the allegations. The respondent made the request in the exercise of his right to a fair hearing guaranteed by the Constitution. The committee considered the request and noted that even though the request was legitimate, it was impracticable in the light of the time granted the committee to report to Parliament. In the circumstances, and in the interest of fair hearing and justice, it was agreed with counsel for the minister that the verbatim transcript of the proceedings relating to the submissions by proponents be made available to the minister instead of formal particulars for each of the grounds contained in the motion. The speaker, this is where the committee, with all respect, got it grossly wrong. The committee, in the circumstances, sacrificed justice and due process on the altar of expediency and convenience. And that, for me, is unconstitutional and rendered the whole exercise a nullity. The Speaker, indeed, full particulars to enable the Minister to have a proper defence to the action will constitute a setting out of the allegations against him, a setting out of the particulars in support of the allegations, and not what they described as grounds for the allegations. The Speaker, indeed, it's even absurd to describe the allegations as grounds for the allegations. If they are grounds for the allegations, and the question I, I will ask is what were the allegations themselves? Because there must be allegations and there must be grounds in support of the allegations. So indeed, the Speaker, the House with all respect would note that there was right from the inception a violation of due process against the Honorable Minister for Finance. And Mr. Speaker, Mr. Speaker, Mr. Speaker, Mr. Speaker, Mr. Speaker, and the speaker, the same, the same co-chair, the same co-chair, the speaker, the same co-chair, the same co-chair. Are you coming to debate? Are you coming to speaker, the same co-chair of the ad hoc committee, who misled, who misled the committee on the tragedy of a violation of due process. My very good friend, Dr. Dominica Ini, again stated very erroneously that the committee was not bound by Article 23 of the Constitution. And Mr. Speaker, I, con I consider it as a very serious and grave error because it did. It showed that the committee misapprehended the nature of the work that it was supposed to do. Article 23 of the Constitution is part of the Constitution. It is applied by the courts. It is not a case where it applies only to administrative bodies. And Mr. Speaker, the Supreme Court has actually had occasion to pronounce on the applicability of Article 23 to quite judicial proceedings. I refer to the case of Awini versus West Africa Services Council, reported in 2003 2004, Volume 1, Supreme Court of Ghana Report, Force where the Supreme Court stated, and I quote, the scope of Article 23 is such that there is no distinction between acts done in exercise of ordinary administrative functions and quasi judicial functions. 
the speaker, the contention by Honorable Dr. Aini clearly was most unfortunate and erroneous. So that's the Attorney General and Minister of Justice, uh, Godfred Yebua Dami, there um, during the debate on the vote of censure motion brought against Minister of Finance, Ken Oforiata. And like I said, the voting is happening, but without the ND, MPP MPs who have since staged the walkout. That committee that was set up, the Ad Hoc Bizan 8 Member Committee, uh, was co-chaired by Dr. Dominic Ayine of Bulga Central and Honorable Kobna Tahir Hammond of Adansia Square. Well, well, one chairman has worked out with his members as Katie Hammond, but we still have Dr. Dominic Ayine in the chamber, and I've just called him up to have a quick chat with him. Honorable, you're welcome to Eyewitness News. Thank you very much, Umaru. Have you cast your ballot already? Yes, I've done so. And uh, I know it's a secret vote, but you don't mind sharing your your, your decision and op- on opinion on this that, matter. That, is very will be, that will be in breach of the Constitution. Oh. Um, because um, um, the Constitution provides that vote must be in secret. Outstanding orders also so provide. So I cannot disclose how I voted, you know, publicly. Even, if you, certainly, do, even if you do that voluntarily? Oh, yes, yes, yes. I mean, as an individual, you'll be breaching the rules if you disclose your vote to any 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 person uh, after voting. So this is this is the. I mean, of course, my preference, okay, is is very well known uh, because I was part of the minority that signed the petition. I mean, uh, supporting the motion for the vote of censure, and I did say that openly when I was uh, you know co-chairing the committee. I said that I was part of that group, so there are, there's a sense in which I was I was there. But my biases were not good, I mean, to bear on the work that I was doing on the committee. So let's talk about the exercise that is currently ongoing. Um, what does the law say about this secret voting? How or how many votes do you require to have your motion successful? Well, according to the Constitution and our standing orders, um, for the vote of censure to succeed, we need to take of all the members. Emphasis is all the members of parliament. And so, um, you know, two thirds of, uh, 275, uh, would be in excess of 136. And we have 136 uh, members in the chamber now voting. Um, it means that automatically we fall short of the constitutional threshold, uh, that will, uh, I mean, uh, lead to the vote of censure succeeding and being transmitted, the results being transmitted to the president to remove the finance minister. But of course, the members who initiated this process, um, we want to carry it through and then make sure that, you know, our uh, position, you know, principled position that the president ought to change the finance minister, you know, is uh, very well uh, understood and established. Okay, but so the point really will be what is the point of the vote? The moment the NPP walked out, maybe you could have just arrested the vote or called it off or something because this exercise would be an exercise in futility, wouldn't it? Well, I don't think so. It will go down, I mean, in, in the records, in the annals of um, our constitutional history, you know, as a, uh, one of the first votes to have been taken, uh, you know, against a finance minister. I don't think that it is that. Uh, simple to conclude that it is a futile exercise just because, I mean, it is go- not going to lead to the removal of the finance minister. Mind you, even if the MPP had stayed, it's possible that they might not have voted in favor of the, 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 the motion. 
And in that case, uh, it would have also been, uh, the, I mean, he, the, the finance minister would have escaped removal. Okay. And, and I mean, the other thing you have to understand is that under the constitution, even where the threshold of two-thirds majority of members of parliament, all members of parliament, you know, um, you know, have voted for a removal of the finance minister, the president may revoke his appointment. Okay, meaning that the president could actually have ignored our vote at the end. So this is a political exercise, um, and uh, you know the action that we are taking today, I would describe it as communicative action in the sense that we are communicating to the world the position that we have taken on this particular finance minister. What do you make of the decision of your colleagues on the other side to work out? Well, I, I find it uh, troubling in the sense that 98 of them uh, were outside of parliament using an informal process, you know, uh, calling for the removal of the finance minister. In other words, they themselves have told the Ghanaian people that they disapprove of the performance of the finance minister. It is just, you know, for deeply partisan reasons, they do not want to support the formal process that we have initiated, you know, in parliament. And I think that that is, uh, I mean, a setback as far as our democratic development is concerned. You know, they should be able to take a principled stance and say that they are standing with the minority for the removal of the finance minister. But here is the case, though they are calling for his removal, they are refusing to partake in the formal constitutional process for his removal. And I find that deeply troubling. And of course, I mean, you know, 30 years of democracy is not a long time for us to say that um, these hitches will not happen. I am sure even in the so-called mature democracies, they do happen. And that is why... I mean, uh, maybe we should take consolation in the fact that um, we, the minority, are standing with the people of Ghana and saying that we need the president to remove the finance minister for someone else to take his, take his place. A lot of tact is deployed in parliamentary proceedings. You did that and you secured a speaker from the NDC side for, for yourselves in, in, in 2021. Now, when the NDC, MPP side worked out, you could have deployed another tact of delaying the vote or postponing the vote and trying to convince them to come and join your vote, even if they had to do it secretly. How come that side failed you so that they've abandoned the chamber altogether? Well, we, I, I think that um, as far as the leadership is concerned, uh, that, that uh, you know, talking has been going on. Um, and I'm sure at the individual level, you know, some of our colleagues have spoken to people on the other side you know, but for some reason, it hasn't. We have not been successful in that in that respect. So you are going to continue with the vote. You lose the vote, and you would have made your point, and you move on. What else will be the next uh, plan for you as you continually um, shout and demand that Kenofriata be removed? Well, we have uh, no other option. Um, but of course, the fact that we have initiated a vote of censure doesn't close the door against initiating another one just in case the majority side decides that they are now frustrated with the informal process that they have, I mean, they have, uh, you know, I mean, uh, adopted. Okay, so if they get frustrated, the president is not listening to them and they now want to come back to parliament, we will welcome them, you know, with all arms, you know, for us to be able to join hands in, in, in making sure that, you know, the, the, the vote of censure shall cease. So there is, that avenue is still open to us. But, of course, we are in the minority. So, I mean, the, the, as far as the political process is concerned, 
All that we can do is continue to say that we disapprove of the performance. That is all. Very well. Thank you so much for your time, sir. Thank that, you, too, for having me. That's Dr. Dominica Yine. He is Member of Parliament for Bulga East. I inadvertently said Bulga Central. Apologies for that. Uh, when I was introducing his former Deputy Attorney General and Co-Chair of the Ad Hoc Committee that was set up uh, to probe Ken of Riata. I'm looking at my city TV screens, and it appears... The voting is over. Let me just get what the feed from the chamber to see what the situation is. Well, so it's silent, and um, you're looking at, in our pictures now, I'm looking at the majority side or the NDC, MPP side, and it appears, well, not appears, it's, it's, it's unoccupied, not a single seat is occupied. They've actually walked out and closed the door on their side. The NDC MPs are still sitting in the chamber. They have finished voting. Uh, the clerk would uh, tally the votes and uh, return the votes to the speaker who would then formally declare what the votes were and uh, whether or not the motion is carried, uh, whether the motion is lost or the motion is successful. So all eyes are now fixed on the speaker. Let's listen to the speaker. All right, the speaker is here to start speaking, and uh, let me just remind you, if you're just uh, tuning in, this is 97.3 CTFM Eyewitness News is a program. My name is Umaru Sandamad. We are bringing you um, intermittent coverage of what's happening in the Chamber of Parliament. The Minister of Finance, Ken Ofriata, was brought before the House on a vote of censure, and uh, let, me, let me hear from the speaker. Well, there appears to be some issue of order in the chamber. Um, I can see some someone at George MP for Ningo Pram Pram at the clerks. Well, the speaker at this stage is on his feet, and per the rules of the house, everybody's supposed to resume their seat. Honorable uh, members, we have two motions, and we have to take a decision on the two motions. I've been given the figure already, so I have the figure, those who have voted. Honorable members, the first is what is on the order paper today. You the motion on the order paper for today is for us to adopt the report of the ad hoc committee. So I'll put the question on that, and that one is a voice vote. 
Then I'll put a question on the resolution for the vote of censure, which, as you know, according to the article, is a secret vote which you have done, and that has a percentage that will support it. So the first vote is to be taken on the motion number 21, which will be a voice vote. Those in favor of the motion number 21 on the other paper, page 16, say aye. Those against say no. The eyes have it. The vote is agreed upon. So the report of the committee, that is the ad hoc committee, has accordingly been adopted. And I'll put the question on the motion that was moved by the majority, minority leader and seconded by the minority chief whip, which is what resolved in the resolution. And so the resolution reads as follows. Whereas by the provisions of Article 82 of the Constitution, and Orders 106 and 108 of the Standing Orders of Parliament. This House hereby resolves as follows. To pass a vote of censure on the Minister responsible for Finance. Those in favor after the secret vote is 136. Yeah. Those against, zero. Abstentions, zero. Now, in accordance with Article 82.1, which reads, Parliament may by a resolution supported by the votes of not less than two-thirds of all the members of parliament, pass a vote of censure on a minister of state. Following the terms of Article 82.1, the vote is accordingly lost. members, may minority leader to say a word. Mr. Speaker, I want to thank you very much and indulge you, indulge you and make a comment for the purpose of the record and for the purpose of posterity. You have guided this house so well at least in the novelty of a watershed in the exercise of the mandate of Parliament 
when it comes to parliamentary oversight. But Mr. Speaker, few lessons for the future. Few lessons for the future. One, Mr. Speaker, the report that we have adopted failed to make a finding of facts and to make recommendations. Probably into the future, I know that is not your wish. In the interest of openness and accountability, a committee of that stature appointed by you must be able to relate the words of those alleging against those who want proof so that the committee must make a finding of fact so that they can make appropriate recommendations. Because, Mr. Speaker, if I peruse your committee's report, this is just for the record. For instance, on the vexed issue of conflict of interest, with borders on unethical behavior, with the Constitution of 1992 frowns upon, doesn't it lie within the powers of Parliament, as observed by Professor Prempe of CDD, that at least the committee can probe further. I mean, if we say that people have benefited, the only way to know they have benefited is to know who issued with bond when, who were the bondholders, bookholders, who got what. We will know the entities. And if the entities are related to persons in authority, appropriate recommendations will be made thereof. Even though one can only agree with the committee when they say that we have no jurisdiction. Yes, we do not have. The jurisdiction lies within the ombudsman of Shirat, created under the same 1992 constitution. But, Mr. Speaker, as you observe, observe Article 104 imposes a burden on Parliament when a committee is asked to investigate. The committee should not be in a haste to conclude its work. After all, many of the issues were raised. You can prove that. For instance, the picture we've shown of Cathedral. At least next time, the committee should be able to go to the site and come back. Because in all this, Mr. Speaker, we want Ghanaians to have value for money for the taxpayers' money. But I cannot thank you but recognize that history will remember you that this was your contribution to the exercise of parliamentary oversight. To hold the executive accountable, especially when you have a president who says that I will not reshuffle. Some other institutional authority must do the reshuffle on his behalf. We have sent a clear signal to him that we have passed a vote of no confidence on, on, on the minister because there is true hardship. I thank you, Mr. Speaker. So, Mr. Speaker, if they are not worked out and honored their earlier promise, they would have been saving this country. Because, Mr. Speaker, where we are, the country is in life support. What we have done is to give it some oxygen for the next few days. That may not be enough to the unknown world. So, Mr. Speaker, this will be your contribution for the... We will remember you that at least we moved a vote of Shenzhen. Recognized by Article 82, we will walk through the process, and I'm sure tomorrow people will know that this parliament can hold them accountable. But for the majority work out, we leave them to the Ghanaian people to know those who stood strong with them in their times of hardships and in their times of need, that they abandon them because they simply don't care. Mr. Speaker, thank you.
One of our senior statesmen, actually I refer to him as elder statesman, told me a story. Now when they were in school, a gentleman used to visit them and whilst walking on the street, he would be repeating one statement. I quote, if you don't die early, you will see things. If you don't die early, you will see things. I've been praying to God to allow me not to die early so that I can see things. I, I am not yet old, but I've started seeing things. With this, I will proceed to adjourn the house. The house is accordingly adjourned to tomorrow at 10 in the forenoon. The house is adjourned. Speaker of Parliament, Right Honorable Alban Sumana Kingsford Bagbin, concluding today's um, sitting for you there, listening to his concluding words, and this is happening after the vote of censure was lost, that vote that was brought against Finance Minister Ken Ofriata was lost, and it was lost because when it came to it, there were 136 MPs in the chamber, and these 136 MPs are only NDC MPs. The MPP MPs had staged a walkout just before the vote was held, and uh, they have not returned to the chamber. The vote went through, and, uh, well, uh, what was expected is what has been expected. 136 votes does not pass as to thirds. Uh, majority. Let me speak to a deputy leader on the NPP side. The Honorable Alexander Penyomarkin is deputy majority leader and MP for Ifutu. He joins us on the line. Honorable, you're welcome to Eyewitness News. Thank you. Harun Idrisu spoke after the vote was lost and he said Ghanaians are watching who is on their side and who is not on their side. And in not so many words, he says your side is a group of sellouts that has failed to help them remove the Minister of Finance. How do you respond? The rules of natural justice requires of, require of us to follow due process. The rules of natural justice again require of a particular forum to have jurisdiction in making a determination on the matter. Our contention is clear that all the allegations that they are they are they are they are they are making against the minister are matters of criminality of which parliament with its oversight powers has no jurisdiction. If you are making an allegation of criminality against a political office holder, accusing him of corruption and all that you know where to go. That's why OSP's office was established. Two, on the issue of conflict of interest, the committee itself 
through Dr. Ayeni, referred to Doha Jao's ruling in respect of Article 287 and said that it's a matter for shrine. In any event, this same matter has been ruled upon by Shrat. There is a Shrat finding on that. So, the committee itself considered that it had no such powers. Three, the committee was supposed to establish a prima facie evidence, hear the parties, and determine whether a case has been made which will result in a vote of censure being brought against the minister for plenary to debate and make a determination. Read the 44-page report. It has no finding, no recommendation. So upon which finding are we going to prosecute the minister? They say that it is not even uh, a quasi-judicial body and that the, the, the requirements of Article 23, 296, and all that are not applicable. That is to them. So what really are we doing? It's mm, a much ado about nothing. It's a political showmanship. And you were quoting Arun Idrisu. In his own conclusion, he again said that he knows that uh, not all the things that they have raised are right. That, that's what he said. He said he knows oh, not everything they've raised, you know, uh, 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 you know, is right and all that. So, which of the things is does he concede? Which of them does he concede to be wrong, and which of them does he concede to be right? He brought a picture. You know, I wish you see it yourself. I mean, from where? Whether it's from wherever. Then they say, oh, this is a picture. And Honorable uh, Ablakwa said, uh, looking at the work done, it does not match, match the amount spent. Again, was there a valuation report? Is, was there an engineer's opinion that they relied on? It was none. However, when he got to Aaron Idrisus then, he said he was tendering the picture for an engineer report to be to be to be made to be brought to ascertain the cost whether indeed money spent uh, was 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 accurate. If you know that all of these things are to be done as a fundamental thing before you proceed, then why don't you do them? Why do you want to go ahead and attack somebody's reputation even before you get all your evidence intact? How do you say the person has spent so much on National Cathedral and then the cathedral, the money he has, matched, he has spent, you know, does not commensurate with the work done. Yet you have no evidence to prove. And you say we should take a vote on the person and that later. So they themselves were, you know, arguing at cross purpose. Whereas Ablaka says that to him, looking at the pictures, he thinks that there's something wrong. Aaron Idrisu qualifies it, you know, much better to say that, oh, for him, he now thinks that looking at the pictures, engineers should go to the site and evaluate. My point is that if you have not done all of these, 
Why do you then say that we should take the man to firing squad? Why? So we will not be part of that illegality. And they themselves concede that they don't have what it takes to uh, to do what they are doing. But again, like I said, we are in a political enterprise and they think that this is what they want to do to please their constituents. So they won't take that away from them. So you even questioned the work of the committee. It means that even the committee's work itself was problematic. But did you not bring that on yourselves when you decided to set up a committee that was evenly distributed with co-chairmen with equal powers? Clearly you didn't expect anything to come out of that. I'm not lamenting. Don't get me wrong. If you say, did I not bring it on myself? You are trying to say something else that I have not said. No, I'm saying no, you, when I me. when I use you. No, you said I brought it on myself. No, I, whether me as a person or as a committee. Yeah, no, as what a I'm house saying, of parliament. Umaru, with the greatest respect. Yes. Umaru, yes. Follow my argument. What I'm saying. I have followed the argument, but you should when need to follow my question. When the committee was established. Yes. I did. When mm-hmm. the committee was established, the committee was supposed to make a prima facie case, establish a prima facie. What in law we say that oh a case has been made, so we are moved out of the escatedra issues. Now we are dealing with a well reasoned fact, a well thought through evidence, which weighs against the minister that if he doesn't controvert it, he stands to lose something. I am saying with the greatest respect, submitting that the committee's report did not establish findings. Let me, for, 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 for purpose of uh, uh, clarity, let me bring to your, your attention, I mean, the, cite the Sputnik V report. The Sputnik V, I chaired the committee, okay? We had the petitioners and we had the responded. We came out with findings and made recommendations. In that context, you can now pick a point and say, look, the committee stated this. On the basis of this, this is a secondary step being taken against this minister. I am saying that if you read the 44-page report, the committee itself did not come out with any finding, did not make any recommendation. Question is, upon what are we going to vote on? Because there's nothing. To me, the end result of their, 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 their work is a complete nobitry. It is otios. It cannot be used for anything. And that's simply our point. Now, the point generally would be that your side had called for the minister's exit. The NDC side has done same. The argument across on lots of platforms is, why are you not joining? So your simpler reason is that, or your simple reason is that, they are pushing an argument of criminality, which you do not want to accept. And that's why you wash your hands off the proceedings today. 
I am able to talk about the matter in issue today, Sanja Moji, and that is what I've taken my time to address. Yes. I am unable to talk about other matters that may have internal effect. Internal issues are dealt with internally, and I'm always ready to walk that path on internal matters. Yes, what is before the floor is what we dealt with. Especially that this, except that this one has come externally, and your leader had agreed that this was a caucus decision, and this caucus has taken a decision with the president. And so that is why people are now asking that if you want the man out, why don't you join the NDC to do so? Let me repeat. The party and the caucus took a position on the matters that came to the floor. And we've carried through by cooperating with our colleagues, by listening to them. They have refused to listen to us. And as part of democracy, we are saying that, have your way. But to what end? And I would want to stay there. All other things that have come to your attention, I'm unable to comment further on that. I'll leave them as they are. Very well. Thank you for speaking to us. Thank you so much, Omar. That's Honorable Alexander Penyo Markins, is Deputy Majority Leader and MP for AFUTU. We can hear Ken Ofuriata now. He was in the well of Parliament today to defend himself when issues came to a head. Listen. These allegations by the minority side, excluding a few of them, I humbly say that I have done nothing amiss with them. Mr. Speaker, this stranger has done some good in advancing our democracy. as we would hope that in future such censures will have more thoroughness, will be less politically motivated. Mr. Speaker, the allegations are what they say. And I have really very little more to answer after all the, que the answers that I gave at the committee meeting. For I tell you, Mr. Speaker, that even if I said I am innocent, they would not believe me. And if I ask for truth and proof, they will not be able to answer that. I have committed no crime. Mr. Speaker, Mr. Speaker, let me just remind us as we talk about the issue of recklessness, of mismanagement, of conflict of interest. 
and also remind ourselves of our COVID experience, of our Ukraine war, and ask, and Mr. Speaker, ask ourselves the lack of recklessness, the, lack, the mismanagement, and the lack of these events. I'll ask my colleague who used to be at the ministry, what happened in 2015 for them to run to the IMF? No recklessness, no mismanagement, no COVID, no Ukraine war. And Mr. Speaker, President Akufuado's government had to then come and bail them out. And we did so successfully. Mr. Speaker, for the loud and urgent voices seem to have prevailed, but the shouts of censor and censor, I believe, Mr. Speaker, shall forever ring in the ears of those who signed the censure and their conscience and their souls. Censure will ring as crucify, crucify in their minds. And they, Mr. Speaker, I believe, have been sifted. This, then, is not a very good hour, and it's truly an hour of darkness. Mr. Speaker, Honorable Bauer, essentially what I said was that without COVID, and without the Ukraine war, and without recklessness, and without mismanagement, and without conflict of interest, you took us to the IMF. So my honorable colleague who was in the ministry should explain to us how with such clarity, with no exogenous factors, you were able to thank us to the IMF. And Mr. Speaker, Akufuadu's government then came and bailed them out. Mr. Speaker, the loud voices, loud and urgent voices, seem to be prevailing. And the yells and shouts of censure, censure, shall forever in my mind ring in their ears and conscience and souls as crucify, crucify for no reason. Mr. Speaker, they have been sifted like wheat. This then, Mr. Speaker, I believe is a sad hour when darkness from some of our own citizens seem to want to reign. But Mr. Speaker, in this very country is where we have had PDAs by the Nkrumah regime, citizens' vetting committees, by the Rawlings regime, we shall not, Mr. Speaker, encourage such discussions. Mr. Speaker, the Lord is gracious and compassionate. 
Mr. Speaker, the Lord is slow to anger and rich in love. Mr. Speaker, it is such love that we must show to those who have brought us here. The Lord has given Ghanaians a spirit of courage, love, and self-discipline. And we must pray for the Holy Spirit to strengthen us to love all of our neighbors. Mr. Speaker, in the budget that I read, we called it the Incabon budget. And that is what we need going forward. Mr. Speaker, my defense, and I thank you for this opportunity, Mr. Speaker. God bless us and bless our homeland, Ghana. So that's Minister of Finance, Ken Ofriata, speaking in the Chamber of Parliament. And that was before a vote of censure was um, taken against him. That vote was, um, well, the vote, there was a walkout before the vote. The majority side walked out, leaving only the minority NDC side who went to the polls and lost because there were only 136 in the chamber and um, that means they would not make the required number, which is supposed to be two-thirds of members of parliament. And so that would be it. Kenofriata is essentially safe. Uh, from this vote of censure that has been brought against him, a historic one, and it has failed. The minority says the MPP side has not been fair to Ghanaians by not staying to vote with them. The NPP insists it was an issue of criminality which they were not going to be part of and they washed their hands off like Pontius Pilate did. Let's move on to some other stories. Eno. Residents of Asante Mampong in the Ashanti region are kicking against any form of mining in their locality. The inhabitants are rallying support for the traditional authorities who have consistently opposed mining operations in the area. City News' Ashanti regional correspondent Hafiz Jani has more. The inhabitants maintain that although mining has its benefits, the current destruction in some communities due to mining activities is a lesson for communities without such activities. Benim is a community that experiences water challenges, especially during the dry season. So why is it that with such challenges, people have been given the chance to come and engage in mining in our community? It will not be good to follow the money and destroy the environment. We are not going to allow mining activities in our community because we must preserve the water bodies and environment for the generations unborn. We are opposing mining operations in our community because farming is our main source of livelihood. You heard some residents of Asante Mampon there. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. Still ahead, we have Point Blank. My guest tonight is the National Women Organizer of the National Democratic Congress, uh, former Member of Parliament, former Minister of State, the Honorable Hannah Louisa. Bisu. I'll be engaging her as she seeks to retain her seat. And then we also have
uh, that contest coming up this weekend. CTF will be bringing it to you. But before then, Michael Ogbodu is in studio to bring us the latest in the world of business. And before he does that, I just want to share with you the list of uh, groups that are opposing the government's debt exchange program. The number is growing. So one, Minority in Parliament. Two, Health Services Workers Union. Three, Trades Union Congress. Four, Ghana National Association of Teachers. Five, National Association of Graduate Teachers. Six, Ghana Registered Nurses and Midwives Association. Seven, Chamber of Corporate Trustees. Eight, Ghana Medical Association. Nine, University Teachers Association of Ghana. Ten, Pharmaceutical Society of Ghana. Eleven, Ghana Mine Workers Union. And twelve, Ghana Securities Industry Association. So 12 groups currently opposing government's debt exchange program. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. There's something special happening at Heritage Christian College. Their bustling campus is right in the heart of Amasaman, just behind the Olympic Stadium. And it will amaze you what they are doing there. Heritage Christian College is churning out academic excellence with their comprehensive range of degrees, including Bachelor of Business Administration programs, IT, and Theology. Don't forget to ask about their professional programs and short courses. What makes Heritage special? Heritage Christian College takes the academic experience further than ever with one laptop per student, flexible fee payment, entrepreneurial training with financial support, all delivered by a caring faculty working to develop your character and your intellect. Admissions are in progress, so call today on 054-777-731 and get accepted. For more information, go to hcuc.edu.gh. Heritage Christian College, a university educating compassionate entrepreneurial Leaders. My man, I heard there's a new app on the streets that does it all for you. Ah, really? <laughs> How is that possible? Charlie, I also could not believe you too. But I downloaded the app and I'm telling you, I was able to chat with my friends, make video calls and... Well, we know of many apps that can do that. Oh, let me finish that. I was also able to listen to the latest songs, play games and read the latest post news. <laughs> for you? Yeah. And I can send and receive money from the app. <laughs> Amazing, no? What's the name of this app? It's called Ayoba. Ayoba. Yeah, Ayoba. Get Ayoba. You're all in one app that lets you chat, call, share, play, pay, and listen to music all in one app for everyone. Enjoy Ayoba with MTN and download the Ayoba app today. Everywhere you go. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. Get the details. Every significant financial transaction, every market movement, and all the policies that affect your business. City Business News. Be informed. Time now for City Business News on Eyewitness News, powered by citybusinessnews.com. My name is Michael Obodu. Let's settle for the details now. Heads of some five quarian companies have been arrested for possible prosecution over various infractions, including non-issuance of value-added tax certificates. The companies include E&H Quarry Limited, Atlantic Rock Quarry, China Railways Quarry, Quality Quarry and Paul Adai Quarry. The GRA has, since September this year, embarked on various tax compliance exercises across various sectors of the economy to ensure compliance and rake in more revenue for government. Addressing the issue, Head of Enforcement for Accra Central with the Ghana Revenue Authority, Joseph Annan, said the CID will carry out further investigations on the companies for possible prosecution. 
And these are all, uh, you know, queries that are registered, but they are doing selective issuance of the invoice. What we did was to intercept vehicles from these queries and check their documentation, whether they have the appropriate documents covering the product, which are the stones. Unfortunately, many of them didn't have that. This exercise was done some three weeks ago, and today we decided to arrest them for prosecution. So as it is now, we have picked up employees of these companies. Uh, the CID will conduct their investigation, and then we we'll also do apprentice. We recommend them for full audit. But once the investigation is done, then the CID will refer the case to our legal unit for possible prosecution. So that is where we are now. Okay. Head of Enforcement for Accra Central with the Ghana Revenue Authority, Joseph Annan. Credit ratings agency SNP Global has downgraded Ghana's long-term local currency bonds to selective, elect- selective defaults and cut the country's foreign currency debt to double C from triple C plus with default. SNP said Ghana's proposed local debt swap is a distressed exchange offer and in, and in those bonds, the selective default rating, while the foreign currency bonds downgrade a response to the government's announced plans to restructure that debt. Away from that, the Advertising Association of Ghana has expressed its disappointment in successive governments for failing to pass the advertising law in the last 16 years. This, according to the association, has made the regulation and standardization of advertising activities in the country very difficult. Speaking to the media during the 31st annual general meeting of the association, the executive director, Francis Dazi, said the Ministry of Trade has not pushed the bill enough. So it is only Ghana that when we were liberalizing the airwaves in 1995, we didn't put these measures in place. So as an association, we have spent time and resources trying to help bring some level of decor and some order to our business and our industry. What you see, especially with your billboards and other you can't see it anywhere now. Even Lagos, they brought it to order. So until we are able to have a bill which specifies who can practice as an advertising practitioner, now it is a free-for-all situation. And so we are having all sorts of people advertising and sitting on radio, on TV, claiming, making all sorts of spurious claims, deceiving the public. And when there's a bill like that, it has meaningful methods if you do such things. So before you go and advertise something, then you should also go to the process. The food and drugs law specifies that. That if it is a food or a drug, you must go to a certain process. So it is important and imperative that as a country, if we want our business to develop, if our citizens to be protected, consumer protection, this bill is a must. He also maintains that the local assemblies have not supported the association in clamping down on the indiscriminate sighting of outdoor billboards. What we do is to support state institutions to do, do their work. So we were ready and able to support the state institutions. But the law of permitting for those things sits with the assemblies. So whilst we were trying to educate, if I were the training time and the other thing, training sessions for them, but the interest and the passion to enforce the regulations is a problem. So we alone cannot do it. We need to have the assembly with us to do it. No, we cannot do it. 
That was the executive director of the Advertising Association of Ghana, Francis Datsi. That's all for City Business News on Eyewitness News. It was powered by your most comprehensive business news website, citybusinessnews.com. My name is Michael Obudu. Thank you for listening. As always, please stay safe. Up next is Point Blank. Let your voice be heard on Eyewitness News on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag Eyewitness News. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. This is Point Blank on Eyewitness News. My name is Umaru Sandamaru. Tonight on Point Blank, we are talking NDC internal politics. The party goes to the polls starting this weekend. So this weekend, they will vote for a national women organizer with deputies and a national youth organizer with deputies. That's happening in Cape Coast. And then the following week, the party will be conducting its uh, national congress in Accra. We are told it to be at the sports stadium where national chairman, secretary, treasurer, and all of the others will be elected. So as the party's delegates go to the Congress grounds in Cape Coast, they have two mandates, vote for youth leaders and then vote for women leaders. So the women will go and vote for a women leader. The incumbent national women organizer of the NDC is Dr. Hannah Louisa Bissio, former deputy minister, former member of parliament. She's joined me in studio. You're welcome to Point Blank. Thank you. How are you? I'm so blessed the Lord has settled me. My name is Adoswa Safran. Ah, I don't know which the order that that one means. I don't know that's that's how I respond. Oh, okay, okay. If, what, if what you're a human be- you have enemies, definitely. So when the law settles you, they suffer. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So that you are praying against your enemies as you wish yourself well. No, I don't pray against my enemies. What do you do? I pray for myself. I see. How is Hannah Bisu herself doing aside the politics? I said the Lord has settled me. Aside the politics. Uh, the Lord has settled me. It's not so it's a, a politics. That's how all, I respond. It's on all... All aspects. Okay. By the grace of God, I'm healthy. I'm mm-hmm. strong. You're looking well. Very well. But you look like the economy is not troubling you at all. Uh, this economy. You look like the, you're not in this I economy. Why? It's the grace of God. Uh, you're looking nice. man. How, how are NDC women doing? We are doing very well. We can't wait to see a Kufuado off. Oh, how? From that, from from the Jolobi house. Hmm? From where? Jolobi house. What's that? The place used to be Bright Staff House, then it changed to Jolobi house. So. What are you saying? It's Jolobi house. Jubilee house, Jubilee. I Jubilee. can't mention, I can't. Jubilee is English. You, you, you speak I'm, Spanish and English. You no, 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 no. Me, me, chin, me, ya, santini, masifi, dagat, me, ya, dagaba. Me, nyensi, ya, dagaba, mpuna, kusina, bro. So when you say Jolobi, it means something else. Jolobi, I don't understand. It means something in What God. does it mean? I don't, I'm not a guy. Yeah. I don't understand guy. Yes, I do. I don't speak guy. Mm. So, you see, so, my name, yesterday, somebody called me, sounded like Kola. Mm. I can't blame the person. You see? Yeah, that's what the person said. And busy. busy. The only thing that I said, okay, if I'm close to somebody who loves cola, the person will chew me. That's all. Would that be a man or a woman? Okay, don't answer that question. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, Dr. Anabisi. <laughs> 
you've 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 made my questions just disappear. I don't even know what to do. Okay, how is the campaign coming? By God's grace, um, it's come on very well. I I want to use this opportunity to extend my greetings to your viewers and listeners, and also to thank all my women organizers, right from the region through to the constituencies and the branches. We thank them for the support over these years. And I say we, I speak on behalf of myself and my two deputies. One is seeking re-election. That is um, Abigail Akwambia Elomia Mensa. But Mami Fua Sechiedu is not contesting again. And so uh, we thank them for the support. Through it all, it's been... Um, it's been Interestingly challenging, we've, we've learned to go through struggles and come out of that. And so we are grateful. My campaign has gone very well by God's grace. I love retailing. You know, I, I retail. When I was a child, I ever sold on the streets. So I retail and, and I love to go to the women, to their houses, because it helps you to appreciate the struggles that the women go through when they are working so that you can appreciate them more and you understand them more. Aside that, it helps you to know that when you're in Accra and you ask them to come to Accra or you're in Kumasi, you ask them to come. Or you go to Oti, you go to Ho, you go to Cape Coast, Takradi, um, Yoso, Goso, Sunyan, I'm talking of all the capitals, Tamale, uh, Nalegu, uh, Boga. Dambai. Is, no, Dambai, Dambai is no more there. Yeah, Dambai. Mm. And you ask oh. them who, I've mentioned those places, mm. and you ask them to come. Then you appreciate the truth of the people, where they're coming from. When they have to cross the Bantu, you go to Koforudia. You appreciate. So when they come, then you realize that you don't love the party more than they do. What are Ghanaian women saying to you that they are lacking or they are needing when you went around to talk to them? And I'm saying Ghanaian women, not NDC women. Ghanaian women need leadership in this country that will address their issues. Ghanaian women think that the seat of government is empty. One thing is having somebody sitting on it. Another thing is having a leader who is really leading this nation. We don't have one. We have a president. By name. By deeds, by actions. By deeds and by actions, we don't. We do. Because if we did, we, would, we wouldn't be where we are today. And so we don't. And, 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 and we just need to accept that we don't have a leader in this country. Explain. We have somebody who calls himself a president no, because he, no. he, went through, he went through an election. So and so no, but his deeds. So, Doc, he doesn't. His deeds he doesn't, do not. Okay, no, somebody we call his, president. No, we don't call his president. Where well, we call president. No, he was. I don't, I don't see a president in this country. No, I don't see a leader in this country. There's none. You're asking me, and I'm a Ghanaian woman, I'm telling that as a woman, explain what that's you what I'm explaining. Explain the leaderlessness. Of the, the leaderlessness country. is where we are today with, 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 that, with the economy. Today, uh, there's one woman crying. You go put your money in, in, in data bank. 
who does the Tabang belong to? The finance minister. Ken Oforiata, data bank, you, you go save your money, you put in 10,000 cities. They're supposed to increase. You go back for your, your, your investment. Then it reduces to 8,000 as a woman. Do we have a leader who is leading this country in terms of the economy? What did they tell us when they were coming? Today, go to the market, go to the ports. Okay, what you put in, you lose. As women, the market is dying. Our children, the education is dying. They are giving you SHS. Jo- How can you say education is dying? They don't even believe in their own technology. We are joking with, the, with, with this we country. We saw the results of free SHS, and the president has said that this has been the best WASI results. That is a record. Why conduct the elections, not NPP, not Nanakufado? Do you know that some of the results are on hold? Doesn't matter. Still it does matter. It does. No, it does. It does. Don't let no, us talk the about percent. No, please, please, please. It does matter. You, you see, what they've actually concorded for our children is bad. We, we see, we are not practicing qualitative education. We claim to be doing some quantitative thing. Get as many as we can educate. Get as many as we can in which manner? What is the teacher-student um, ratio? I mean, the contact time. One teacher to how many students? Half a loaf is better than none. No, please, you are destroying us. The thing is, you, we need to construct a 100-kilometer road. No, let me come down to, let's say, 40-kilometer road, okay? So you are giving money that can do just 5 kilometers, mm-hmm. okay? Do that road, finish, come, then let's pay you. I mean, under President Mahama, it would have been a reality. And that this government is just a wish because they wouldn't even pay you. So if you were under John Mahama's administration, then you go to pay, you do the next five, okay, till you finish. Now you decide that the money Zaku you could only use for five kilometers, you decide you want to spread it for the 40 kilometers, what are you going to do? You see some stuff on the road, but there will be no quality. So it's not about half a loaf is better than none, not because you did the grading, you did whatever, so instead of the bumping, when I'm going on that muddy road, is smooth, but you've not done the road. So, so if, if we really want to look at the education, and which I think we should do that as a nation, because that is what makes us as a people. Please, don't let us compromise quality. Don't, 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 don't let us go there. The president, he has said that we should even thank our stars that he's a president. We are telling him we are suffering, and he say we should thank our stars. So he's somebody who doesn't really care about us. He doesn't care about what we feel. He, 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 he has said that he come, his background is rich. So he doesn't care about the poor. He doesn't understand us. He doesn't understand the plights that we go through. He does not simply care. That's all. So he doesn't know what is happening around him. When they asked him, Ghanaians were complaining, he said, he's also a Ghanaian. Hello. But we don't fly private jets. We don't have free fuel. We don't have free food. We don't. You talk about leaders and leaderlessness. The NDC women went to the polls four years ago and made you their president. What is your verdict? I'm not a president. President of NDC Women. No, is the National Women's Organizer. I'm president of Equals Forum for Political Parties. Is different. You. So, in a political party, mm-hmm. 
we don't have a president position. Okay. For you are a women organizer. Mm -hmm. You lead. I'm the chief servant. You lead NDC women mm -hmm. for four years. Mm -hmm. What is there to show? Oh, there's a lot to show. Listen. So don't 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 tell me that my verdict on myself. I'll leave that verdict for the delegates. No, you're going to back to the delegates. Yeah, so, you have so to let I'm them saying, know. That no, I'm going to let them know, but not me mm. me saying I have so much percentage or don't know. That okay. I can say no. Okay. But 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 what I can say is that. As a leader, when I came on board with my two deputies, the first thing we did was to train all the women organizers. Train them, regional women organizers. Was that a promise you made? So I want you to give me this analysis based on that, that, promi I promised this no, and I delivered no, this. No, no, I promised to lead. Mm -hmm. I promised to make the wing attractive. I promised to support. I promised that not to promise that I'll deliver this, I'll deliver that. So I how do you this manifest? Exactly. So mm -hmm. that's what I'm... Okay. So for you to lead women who are leading regions uh, and they'll be in turn leading, you know, taking care of your constituencies and branches, the first thing you do is to train them. We train all of them. We're sent to Tamale for three days workshop. A TOT program where the Tamale Metro constituency women organizers benefited and the Eastern Corridor, some of them came. But it was mainly for the regional women organizers and their deputies. Uh, my majority leader in parliament, Honorable Harine Drusu, was there. Your minority leader? It's my majority leader. That's your knowledge. <laughs> He's my majority leader. You're really changing a lot of things tonight, but I'll let and, you know. And um, our national chairman of Osampofo was there. Mm -hmm. We flew in um, resource persons, and we were all trained as to how to do a mobilization. The other stuff that I can't say on air, mm -hmm. okay, because that is meant for us to use okay. on the ground. And they went back to, in turn, train their constituents and constituencies also, train the um, their branches so that we could go in there. Aside, you know, the other programs where we visit markets and also as a wing, anything that concerned women, we went in to put pressure on government. Especially you talk about the Takradi girls. After the press conference, we didn't sit down. We went to work, took signatures, and I sent the signatures out into some diplomatic. I went to the States to go look for the human rights you know, department in the UN to demand for our girls back and sent some of the signatures to some of the foreign embassies. That is when Madame Tiwa came out to say that she was only given hope. So she lied when she said they found the girls. Aside that, there were other couple of trainings that were done. And of course, to visit markets and sensitize market women um, with things of the NDC, what we have in stuff for them, what we did, what we'll be doing, and also to to empathize with them, the situation that they find themselves now under this government. So what is the job of a women organizer for a party like the NDC? What what's your so what are your core duties? No, you we, we mobilize ourselves as women within the party. We go outside the, the uh, 
environment to look for souls mm -hmm. for a party. The strategies that we have to do that. So that you, you try to make there. the party attractive to women. Exactly, to be attractive to women. Have you have you held any walks, any you know sensitization workshops in market centers where there are women, or gone to maternity wards, speak to women? Have you have you done things like that? No, I training, I training, you know, just part of it. Remember, I'm just one. Mm. So once you train your regional women organizers and they train their constituencies and programs are set up, some of them we can. What I did was to divide the country into two. My two deputies. Each one handle half of 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 the regions. Mm -hmm. We have um, sixteen, so it was eight eight. Then later, I took the bigger ones out of them, and then they had seven seven. And so we we visit, you know, markets, and we interact with the market women. When I, when we see us, you know, in any given day on any market, it's not just going and waving. No, we engage them. We, we engage. You, you not find us spending maybe one hour or two. No. Minimum should be four hours. We engage. And are they responding? They do. They do. Mm -hmm. They do. You know, but remember that we have our constituent women organizers. They engage them before regional goals. So when national you are going, you go in, then you also go and you, you to just, um, 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 affirm what you know, they have been telling them all this. So well. essentially, you are canvassing for votes. No, we do the women wing. No, for, for the, votes for, for the, the women, exactly for the NDC. Um, aside that, we we actually, with support of FES, we have and we'll be the first political party, according to the the foreign um, um, embassies who have met with us, to have something that we call. Women's manifesto. The women who had businesses and who could not keep their businesses because of power outages under your party's government, what are you telling them? And are they even bothered, bothered to listen to you to go and vote for you again? No, you know, we did not, no, we did not create the power outages. We resolved it. We met it. You were in power. No, no, happened. we met it. Remember that President Kofo, and happy birthday to him. He's my 18 years old boyfriend. Hmm? Yes, he's my 18-year-old boyfriend. Teresa we love you. He's my 18-year-old boyfriend. Okay. He's 84 today. My firstborn is 22 years old today. Oh, congratulations yeah, so to him. Thank you. Okay. He was born on the same date. Of course, not the, the, the year. Mm -hmm. you know. And the President Kufo, you remember the famous um, Akosombo Dam prayers mm -hmm. where pastors went to pray? And so it's an issue that had been coming you know, from far. It was met. President Mahama promised to fix it, and he did fix it before leaving office. And so it's not about him anymore. It's about the current government who is taking taxes, who made promises to support us, and he has filled in each one of his promises. So that is what it's about. So the women, yes, they, they, they are listening to us. And you realize that even if for, for, for us women, look, it wouldn't be easy to let's organize demonstrations. Okay. But you haven't organized any. You could have if they were really no, feeling have. the pinch. No, I have. But if they're really pinch, feeling the pinch that you claim they are feeling now, no. they would have been on the street demonstrating. Well, no, no, but this country these days, demonstration is not easy anymore. No, we are, we are city. I'm happy that I'm it's, city. It's not illegal. No, I'm, where is this city FM? Is it, yes. is it not city FM? Uh -huh. Whether I have city TV or city FM, is it not here where the Hollywood star which which came? So you understand that the system that we live in now is not the same. 
Okay. okay. But after elections, women were out there on the streets. We were protesting because women voted for change. And they subverted the will of the women. So we're out there protesting okay. against the government for what happened. So for, 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 for the Ghanaian woman. The Ghanaian woman cannot wait. We need to go, but how many? You have 800 plus people voting for you on yeah. Saturday. If they go into the ballot box, a woman from Wenchi, who is an NDC woman organizer, why should that woman think of voting for you, Hannah Louisa? I have in gone, 30 seconds. In 30 seconds, um, I, I think that I've been in touch with all of them. I've worked throughout. I've, I've, I've done a number of things. So many I've been in touch with them. And campaigning, I have gone to their houses one by one. I've finished touring the country. And I've, we, we sat down to discuss and actually go through our four years term. The new ones who have come on board, a lot of them know me already. And they've heard things. What bothered them we discuss? What bothered me we discuss? So I'm sure that the woman from Wenchi, the woman from Garo, the woman from Tempani, the woman from Posiga, the woman from... Um, uh, the boosters, you can talk about Pagachiana, you can talk about the Saboba woman, you can talk about the, the, the Krankwanta woman, you can talk about the, the, the Akotombra woman, you can talk about the, uh, the, the whole So, 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 mm. so I'm, I'm, I'm going out of the, the main cities, mm. you know, to, to, you know, to talk about the Shelsudoku woman who lives at Asuchari. Why, 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 so, why, what is this? Why are you going to read this one? Who sent you to Australia and Shelsudoku? Ah, do you think I'm going to talk about the those people they are training in the bush now? Dr. Hannah Louisa Bisio, NDC woman organizer, hoping to be retained. Thank you for joining us on Point Blank. I wish you all the best on Saturday. Thank you. <laughs> My name is Umaru Sandama. The production by Beverly London and Sami Wiafi, as well as Hansen Ajiman. Technical support from Daniel Squashy. We'll be back tomorrow at 17.30 GMT. The new media team made sure you saw us on Facebook, the live Facebook feed that we've been bringing you. Thank you for being with us. It's 97.3 CTFM Relevant Radio, always. First, reach our hotline on 030-224959 on Facebook, City 97.3 FM and on Twitter at City 973.